Hello, this is Nikdha from Newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Friday, the 26th of December. Under 25,000 fresh COVID-19 cases were reported in the country in the last 24 hours, taking the total case load to over 1 crore or 10 million. Under 300 fresh fatalities were reported, which is the lowest death toll in a day since June 2nd. Kerala, however, continued to report more than 5,000 cases a day. India is scheduled to start dummy vaccination exercises in multiple states to check preparedness and set the stage for the larger immunization drive in the country. The dry runs will be held on December 28th and 29th in two districts each of Andhra Pradesh, Gujarat, Punjab and Assam and will be closely monitored by the centre. Several passengers returning to India from the UK tested positive for COVID-19. Nine more people who returned to Telangana from the UK have tested positive for the virus. This brought the total number of COVID-positive UK returnees in the state to 16. Meanwhile, eight individuals tested positive at the Delhi airport yesterday. The Delhi government has started a door-to-door contact tracing drive to identify people who returned from the UK infected. Kerala Health Minister said today that eight individuals who recently returned to the state from the UK have tested positive. This comes amid fears triggered by a new strain of coronavirus which was discovered in the UK that according to initial studies is 56% more contagious. The Airports Authority of India or AAI will soon finalise an agreement with the Indian Air Force to receive 2.5 acres of land adjacent to the Pune airport. This land would be utilised as a distribution hub for the transport of vaccines from facilities of the Serum Institute of India in Pune. The Serum Institute of India is involved in manufacturing doses of the Oxford-AstraZeneca vaccine in India. This week on Hafta, the regular panel were joined by Priyanka Pulla, an independent journalist, and Jami N. Rao, an independent public health physician, to discuss COVID-19, the highs and lows of the government's response to the pandemic, the new mutation of the virus that has emerged in the UK, and a lot more. Let me play you a short clip from their conversation. Um, so what they did wrong, I think uh, I'm going to talk about that first, is uh, there was too much denial and uh, there was too much denial in their communication. Regardless of what they believed in private, the Indian government, the health ministry, ICMR, what they said in public was at, was at odds with what we know they were thinking in initial days. I mean, there's been reporting from so many people like Nitin said by Article 14 about you know, what I, how ICMR believed uh, the virus would pan out in the initial days. They, they believed that despite airport screening, we would see community transmission very soon. But that's not what they said in public. They would say, ah, you know, <laughs> everything is hunky-dory. Uh, and till, till date, they haven't accepted that there is community transmission, which is hilarious. So I think the, the communication was a big failure. And that's not a... That's not a small deal. I think that's central to your outbreak response. You'll find the complete episode on our website, newslaundry.com. However, to listen to it, you will need to be a Newslaundry subscriber. And before you dismiss the idea of paying to hear it, allow me to tell you how the subscription works. You pay a sum as small as 300 rupees every month to subscribe to News Laundry and you get access to not just Hafta but all our content that is behind the paywall which includes podcasts, ground reports, comics and some monthly events like NL Recess where you get to hang out virtually with our guests. 
Our last guest was Gulzar. Before that, we had actor Konkana Sen Sharma. You get the drift. The larger idea behind the subscription model is to pay to keep news free and independent, away from the clutches of advertisers and sponsors. And that is why we choose to remain 100% free of advertisements and instead count on the support of people like you to keep us afloat. So go to our website and hit that subscribe button on the top right corner. The farmers' agitation against the center's farm laws at the borders of Delhi completed one entire month today. Farmer unions were scheduled to hold a meeting today to discuss whether they will accept the center's Thursday offer to hold talks again. Another meeting by the farmers was held on Friday as well, where some of them hinted at their willingness to resume talks. Responding to the Prime Minister Narendra Modi's address from yesterday, however, major farm leaders echoed that they were in this for the long haul as the centre did not seem to be backing down. Jagmohan Singh, General Secretary of the Bharatiya Kisan Union, the Konda faction, said that the Prime Minister's speech showed that the government was not going to repeal the laws. Talking about the centre's intentions, Gurnam Singh Chanduni, President of the Bharatiya Kisan Union, Haryana, said, and I quote, Time and again they asked us for our proposals. But they are yet to give us any concrete proposal. Had their intentions been good, they would not have made these laws. Now what is the point in talking about amendments? We will not budge until we win. Unquote. A group of BJP leaders in Punjab's Fagwara yesterday had to exit from the back door of a hotel after farmers protesting against the centre's farm laws surrounded the building. Demonstrators from the Doaba faction of the Bharatiya Kisan Union protested at the hotel where the BJP leaders were observing the birth anniversary of former Prime Minister Atal Bihari Vajpayee. Former Gujarat Chief Minister Shankar Singh Vagela announced a Chalo Delhi campaign in Ahmedabad to support the protesting farmers. However, he was put under detention at his home today. The Gujarat police also stopped his supporters outside Gandhi Ashram and detained them as they began their protest march towards Delhi. Meanwhile, specially abled people from the National Federation of the Blind in Ludhiana joined the farmers' protest at the Tikri border today. The farmers' protest started at the borders of Delhi one month ago and our reporters Nidhi, Basant, Ayush, Anna and my colleague Meghnath have been bringing you in-depth ground reports, video coverage, interviews and explainers from the protests consistently since they began. If you're confused about what the government is saying and what the farmers are demanding, head to the farmers' protest section of newslaundry.com. There you will find detailed ground reports by our journalists which will help you break the issue down. After Uttar Pradesh last month, Madhya Pradesh today cleared a draft of an anti-conversion or love jihad bill. The state cabinet approved the draft of the Madhya Pradesh Freedom to Religion Bill 2020 in a special meeting chaired by the Chief Minister Shivraj Singh Chauhan on Saturday. The state's Home Minister Narottam Mishra said that under the new bill, forcing religious conversion could lead up to five years of imprisonment and a fine of 25,000 rupees. He added that forced conversion of a minor, woman or a person from the scheduled caste or scheduled tribe would draw a minimum jail term of 2 to 10 years with a minimum penalty of 50,000 rupees. In November, the Yogi Adityanath government in Uttar Pradesh also passed a similar law aimed at tackling love jihad. Love Jihad is a conspiracy theory advocated by right-wing Hindutva groups alleging that Muslim men trick or force Hindu women into marrying them solely for the purpose of religious conversion. However, unlike the Uttar Pradesh Prohibition of Unlawful Religious Conversion Ordinance of 2020, under the Madhya Pradesh law, a person converting of his own free will does not have to report it to the district magistrate. 
In case a person approaches a priest for such a conversion, though, the priest concern has to inform the district administration. The Indian Express reported today that in Uttar Pradesh, since the passing of the anti-conversion law on the 27th of November, more than one person was arrested under the law every day by the UP police. About 35 people have been arrested so far and more than a dozen have been booked. Earlier this month, the Allahabad High Court had issued notices to the Uttar Pradesh government asking it to file counter-affidavits to a batch of petitions challenging the law. The petitioners had submitted that the law violated their right to equality and the prohibition of discrimination on grounds of religion, among others. Do watch my colleague Chitranshu Tiwari's interview of Mihir Srivastava, a journalist and a writer who has worked with magazines like Open and Tehelka. In the interview, he talks about his latest book, Love Jihadis, written with a photojournalist Raul Irani, which breaks down the Love Jihad bogey in the context of Western Uttar Pradesh. The conversation also spans the mainstream and vernacular media's role in propping up the Love Jihad narrative and a lot more. You'll find the interview on our website, newslaundry.com. A Jaipur-based journalist died on Wednesday, days after he was brutally assaulted while trying to prevent his female friend from being harassed. The assault reportedly took place on the 8th of December. India Today identified the journalist as Abhishek Soni. Station House Officer Dilip Kumar of the Mansarovar Police Station in Jaipur said, and I quote, Two journalists had gone to Adhaba to eat at 11.30pm. Three other people came on a motorcycle to the same place. Later on, there was a fight between the journalists and the three persons. Unquote. According to an India Today report, police investigation revealed that some of the men began harassing the woman to which Sony put up a resistance. This led to an altercation and soon Sony was brutally attacked with batons and iron rods by the three accused men. Sony suffered grievous injuries to the head and was taken to the SMS hospital in an ambulance where he passed away at the trauma centre late on Wednesday night. Ajay Pal Lamba, the additional commissioner of police crime unit, said that they had managed to obtain CCTV footage of the incident. He added that one of the three accused men had been arrested while the other two were absconding. He said that police teams have been formed to catch the other two. The police have registered a case in the matter and the accused have been booked for attempt to murder. A trial court in Delhi yesterday asked for a status report from the Delhi police on the raid it conducted at the office premises of Advocate Mahmood Pracha on Thursday. The Patiala House Trial Court has directed the Delhi police, which works directly under the Home Ministry led by Union Minister Amit Shah, to submit the status report by 5th of January. Advocate Pracha is representing multiple people in the February communal violence that happened in Northeast Delhi. The police had raided his office to find incriminating documents and had seized his laptops from the office premises in order to access emails from his law firm's official email ID. Many senior lawyers condemned the incident and pointed out how this directly undermines attorney-client privilege which is granted under the Indian Evidence Act of 1872. The court was hearing an application moved by Pracha seeking the preservation of copies of the video footage of the raids conducted by the Delhi police. The court also summoned the investigating officer of the case to be present in the next hearing on 27th of December and produce the entire video footage of the search. News agency PTI reported that in his application, Pracha had said that he was entitled to a copy of the footage. He added that the investigating officer had threatened to build a false case against him. The Delhi police's special cell, meanwhile, lodged an FIR against Pracha today for allegedly obstructing a public servant from discharging his duty by using criminal force. 
The Thursday raid by the special cell of the Delhi police was connected to the police's ongoing investigation into the communal riots that broke out in northeast Delhi in February this year. The Delhi police in August this year had filed another FIR against Pracha, alleging that he tutored people to give false statements in cases linked to the riots. The police also said that the advocate forged an affidavit signed by another lawyer who had died three years ago. Pracha has categorically denied all the allegations against him and said, and I quote, If Delhi police does not destroy the court-ordered video recording of the raid, the real masterminds of the Northeast Delhi violence will get exposed. I was repeatedly threatened with the name of Amit Shah Saab. I thank all the people who supported me. I promise that we will not back down in our mission save the constitution. Unquote. The Jammu and Kashmir administration yesterday extended the ban on 4G internet in the valley till January 8th. The reasons cited by the administration for extending the ban were infiltration and the situation post the recently completed district election. The government statement said, and I quote, The internet speed shall continue to be restricted to 2G except the districts of Ganderbal and Udhampur, where mobile internet connectivity shall continue to be made available without any speed-related restrictions. Unquote. The administration said that the recent elections in the Union Territory that saw participation by many political parties had not gone down well with some anti-social elements. It said that the attempts to disturb peace were apparent from the multiple incidents of hurling of grenades by terrorists since the conclusion of the election process. About the border infiltration being a reason for extending the internet ban, the order also said that there were credible inputs that a large number of militants were trying to infiltrate from across the border. The statement added that the curbs on high-speed internet had obstructed the infiltration attempts. The administration has said time and again that measures like internet shutdown are necessary to better integrate Kashmir with India and to foster greater economic development and stop threats from anti-national elements. The internet shutdown in Jammu and Kashmir was imposed on 5th of August in 2019, hours before the centre abrogated the erstwhile state's special status. After the population lived without internet for over six months, low-speed or 2G internet service on mobile phones was restored on January 25th this year. However, restrictions even on low-speed internet continue to be imposed intermittently and a complete ban on 4G network remains in place. And now for some international updates. As of today, more than 79.8 million people worldwide have been infected by COVID-19, out of which a little more than 1.7 million people have succumbed to the virus. Infections have been reported in more than 210 countries and territories since the first cases were identified in China in December 2019. Four cases of the mutant variant of the coronavirus that recently emerged in the UK have been confirmed in the Spanish city of Madrid. The regional government has said that all four cases involve people who recently arrived from the UK. Spain has also received its first doses of the Pfizer-BioNTech coronavirus vaccine on Saturday, a day before the country is set to begin its immunization campaign. Meanwhile, the total number of COVID-19 cases in Russia crossed the 3 million mark for the first time today. The European Union has started its vaccine rollout, even as countries in the bloc were forced back into lockdown due to the new strain of virus that emerged in Britain. That's all for today. Have a great day or a good night, depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. 
catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.